You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Brad Biggerstaff. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. And now, let's meet Midway. I want to thank Michael for doing the children's sermon this morning. If you don't know, he's one of candidates for ministry out of Midway. And I'm Pastor Jenny. And this morning we continue our journey through the Gospel of Luke. Scripture lesson is found in Luke chapter 19, beginning with the first verse. Now, God's word to us this day. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Except that you are accepted. It's a simple yet profound statement made by the theologian Paul Tillich. And his words point to an important truth that we all want and need to know that we are accepted. Accepted not on the basis of what we have achieved or how much money we have made, not because of how smart or beautiful or talented we are, not because of how good or upright we are, because all of us will fall short. You see what I did there? If anyone needed to know that he was accepted, it would have been Zacchaeus. As a chief tax collector, he was hated and ostracized by his fellow citizens because of his collusion with the Roman government. He extorted as much as possible from his neighbors for his own personal gain, which is not exactly, you know, the best way to make friends and influence people. Zacchaeus' problem was not that he was small in stature, 
but that he was rich in things and poor in soul. Hearing that Jesus was passing through town, Zacchaeus wanted to catch a, a glimpse of this holy man, see, see what all the fuss was about. Like a child at a parade, though, he couldn't see above the crowd in front of him, so he ran ahead, and putting all dignity aside, he climbed up into a sycamore tree so that he could catch a bird's eye view of Jesus. You know, as Michael mentioned, we all like to climb trees as children, right? But when was the last time you saw a grown man climb a tree, unless it was for work or to rescue a cat? When I was running the Peachtree Road Race as a teenager, the last time I ran the Peachtree Road Race, I was passing by a big crowd on the corner of Colony Square, and there I saw my father, not on the edge of the street with the crowd, mind you, but up in a tree where he could see me and get a good picture Hey, Jenny, looking good. That kiss would have been hard to miss from this leafy perch. It's no surprise that Jesus sees him, but what is surprising is that he calls him by name. Hey, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. I'm going to your house today. Surely little Zach was dumbfounded. Are you talking to me, Jesus? You, you must have me confused with someone else we've never even met. Zacchaeus wasn't used to being seen, at least being seen as a person and not a parasite. But to Jesus, Zacchaeus wasn't a turncoat or a religious outcast. No, he was a unique, one-of-a-kind child of God. A man with a name, a name that means pure. The irony of which I'm sure was not lost on Luke, given that Zacchaeus was anything but pure. And yet Jesus calls him by name. This was different than the way Zacchaeus was used to being treated by his holier-than-thou neighbors, myth that Jesus would dine, you know, with such a low life. They demonized Zacchaeus, attaching labels to him like sinner, and chief tax collector, not even just tax collector, but the chief one. Oh, they demonized him, much as we dehumanize people by labeling them on the basis of any number of categories, such as politics, race, socioeconomic level, addiction, you name it. But Jesus sees Zacchaeus. He sees him 
not only for who he is, but also for who he can be. Taken aback at being summoned by Jesus, I imagine that Zacchaeus more or less fell out of that tree to take Jesus up on his proposal. Despite the lack of a formal invitation, Zacchaeus was more than happy to welcome Jesus into his home. And why wouldn't he be? After all, no one ever came knocking on Zacchaeus' door. You know, if he did throw a party, everyone would come up with an excuse as to why they couldn't come. Sorry, I've got a previous engagement. I know y'all have never used that one. Don't have anybody to watch the kids. Wife's not feeling too well. Got to work late. They all rejected him. After all, who likes somebody who only shows up at the door with their hand out working for collections with the power of the government behind them? And yet Jesus is eager to break bread with Zacchaeus, an act of ultimate acceptance in that culture. You know, as a woman, I can't help but wonder what Zacchaeus' wife had to say when he showed up at the door with Jesus in tow. I could just hear the exasperation as she whispered, What? You couldn't call ahead to let me know you were bringing a guest? Look at this mess. There was no advance notice given, no time to properly prepare, no chance to hide all the clutter in the closets or vacuum up the dog hair. Was there even enough food in the refrigerator for our meal? I mean, it's not like they could run down to Publix in that day and pick up a frozen Stouffer's lasagna to throw in the microwave. Have you ever had someone invite themselves over to your house for dinner? We consider it bad manners, poor upbringing. And yet this is the kind of reverse hospitality Jesus practices with this little social outcast. It wasn't a matter of Zacchaeus being ready for Jesus. On the contrary, I think it's just like Jesus to show up at our door when we don't have our act together, when our household is in a total disarray. I asked David Yoler, who's a member of the church, to go over to our house this week and do some work. And I was here at church, so I gave him the code to the garage to get in. And I told him, no judgment. (laughs) The house is still a mess from when we moved a year ago. (laughs) When I got home after work, I looked around at the mess I'd left that morning and I thought, I can't believe I let a church member in to see how I really live. 
Now, God doesn't wait for us to clean up the mess we've made of our lives before he comes looking for us. After all, Jesus sees us for who we really are, not who we like to pretend we are before others. He knows us so well that he can even number the hairs on our heads and knows the sins that we have committed. And yet, he still wants to be with us. Our preference would be to put God off until, you know, we've cleaned up the mess we've made out of our lives. Kick the habit, overcome the bad behavior, made restitution to all those people that we have hurt. But God wants to be with us, warts and all. He sees us for who we are and loves us just the same. Revelation 3.20 says, Listen, I'm standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to you and eat with you and you with me. Jesus might not have given Zacchaeus any notice, but according to him, no notice is going to be given. In fact, he's already standing at the door knocking, calling out to us and saying, Hello? Anyone there? Are you going to let me in? The sanctuary in my home church in Roswell is built in the round. Many years ago, I can still remember when an arsonist burned that church to the ground. But the priceless stained glass windows uh, were rescued by the volunteer fire department and, of course, incorporated into the new sanctuary. Well, every Sunday from the vantage point where my family sat in the sanctuary, my eyes gazed upon a window with a larger-than-life-size Jesus, larger even than Brad, standing before a big, wooden, ancient door. And that image, you know, drew me in. And I couldn't help but imagine myself on the other side of that door, listening as Jesus gently knocked and waited for me to open the door and let him in. Bishop Robert Snazy calls welcoming God in rather than slamming the door an act of radical hospitality. It's saying yes to God's love and acceptance. It's, it's, it's welcoming God into our hearts and our lives and our family. It's making room for him in our homes like a guest who invites himself over for dinner and stays permanently. What is hospitality if not an act of grace? When John Wesley spoke about grace, y'all heard of John Wesley? I know, I know. When he spoke about grace, he liked to use the metaphor of a house. 
He said the front porch represented prevenient grace, pre meaning before and veni to come, coming before. Prevenient grace then is God's way of working in our lives, of convicting of us of our sin and wooing us into a relationship with him even prior to our conscious awareness of God's loving presence in our lives. In prevenient grace, God goes ahead of us to meet us where we are. Just like Jesus met Zacchaeus on that day in the road in Jericho. Zacchaeus, he ran ahead of the crowd to get a look at Jesus. And that's where we will still see him today, my brothers and sisters. Not in the midst of the crowd, but beyond it. High above the clamoring voices of the masses on social media and the news. Or within those echo chambers of the people we like to surround ourselves with. It is there, away from the crowd, that we are more apt to spy Jesus and to hear him calling us by name. When we accept that we are accepted, we pass through the doorway of the house and we are justified and restored to a right relationship with God. The debt of our sin is canceled and we are empowered to resist evil and justice, oppression and sin, and to love God and our neighbor with our whole heart. To know such acceptance is a gift. It is the grace of God. As Paul writes in Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. This is the grace that is at the heart of Zacchaeus' conversion. By welcoming Jesus into his heart and home, he was transformed from a greedy, money-hungry tax collector into a generous spirit who gave away half his possessions. Sounds like water's running. Oh, it's just the wax, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Who gave away half his possessions and made restitution with his victims well beyond that which was required by the law. Jesus declares, Today, salvation has come to this house, for he too is a son of Abraham. What about you? Have you seen Jesus and welcomed him into your heart and life? Or have you left him standing on the porch, knocking at your door. If you've never opened the door to him, or along the way you've forgotten to 
seek his face. Maybe it's time to get out ahead of the crowd, far enough in front and high enough above it to see Jesus. He wants to come and sit and talk and eat and stay with you on a permanent basis. And all you have to do is accept that you are accepted, which may be the hardest thing of all to do if you were told that you weren't by the words or actions of a parent or a spouse or a peer. All those voices in the crowd that told you that you would never be good enough. In the movie, The Help, there's a scene where Abilene, the black maid, who has raised 17 white children, is reluctantly saying goodbye to her last charge. May Mobley was an ordinary little girl who was rejected, ignored, and abused by her mother for her ordinariness. But to Abilene, May Mobley was special. She loved that little girl like she was her very own. And she tried to compensate for the lack of maternal love in her life by always affirming her and by loving her fiercely. As Abilene held May Mobley for the very last time, she looked into her eyes and told her to always remember the affirmation that she had taught her. And she asked her to repeat it. And May Mobley said, I is kind, I is smart, I is important. You are loved, you are loved, you are loved. Accept that you are accepted. We all long to know that we are loved, valued, and accepted, period, unconditionally. I hope that you will not leave worship today without knowing this acceptance deep in your heart and seeing yourself as God sees you in Christ, a unique child of God made after God's own image and through the loving sacrifice of Jesus, he sees you not only as you are, but also as you can be. Let us pray. Lord, we are surrounded by the crowd, but we long to see you. Help us to get beyond the voices and the circumstances that prevent us from seeing you and knowing your loving acceptance in Christ. Our presence here today is evidence of our desire to open the door of our hardened hearts and let you in. May we see you, Jesus, face to face. 
and know your loving acceptance so that we might be the people that you have created and called us to be. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel, an acoustic worship service at 9.45 a.m. in our historic chapel, and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.